0: Welcome to Inspiring Futures. I'm your host, Ed Cotton. This is a podcast where we talk about the how, what, and why of the future. Welcome to another episode of Inspiring Futures. My guest today is Tracy Fox Patani, the recently appointed Chief Executive Officer of BSSP, known to many as Butler Shine Stern and Partners, to others as But Shine.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, Tracy, welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Um,
0: we'll, we'll, we'll talk about your return. To Butler Shine and Partners which after a 15 year it wasn't 15 years in the wilderness but we'll explain you'll explain to everyone what happened so take us through a little bit of your your, your journey as an advertising executive
1: oh and it, it, it it's it's a short journey right because we're not that old right no, Ed? not that old <laughs> um, yeah i've had uh, i mean i've spent my entire career on the agency side and i know uh you know not not that many um you know many claim that these days and that may be dwindling but i've always loved the agency side and i've built a diverse background um working across um you know mostly holding company agencies Uh bssp has been my one independent uh, and uh, and working with clients, uh, you know, of all uh, sizes, scales, and categories. Uh, you know, very small regional clients uh, like Noah's Bagels, uh, which uh, we worked on together at BSSP, and very large global uh, clients like uh, IBM um, or Amway. Um, so and across.
0: Where did, you, where did you start your career?
1: Oh gosh! I started don't say my when don't say when, just say where. Oh, I started my career at uh, at Ogilvy. yeah um, so Ogilvy laid the foundation uh, of discipline for me in this business and also um, the discipline in in marketing in general, having really cut my teeth on uh, you know Microsoft and and IBM and the and launching both of those brands. Um, to what we know them to be today, and then I went from this there was, to more creatively new, focused agencies.
0: This was New York, uh,
1: Los Angeles, and New York.
0: Okay, so you started in Ogilvy in New York. Or, I
1: started at Ogilvy in Los Angeles. Uh, I I worked on the very first TV spot ever for Microsoft, and then I moved to New York uh, to work on the. I think what may be the, still the biggest uh, global win of any agency without a pitch, which was the $600 million consolidation of the IBM business with Ogilvy. Okay. And then where'd you go? And from Ogilvy, I went to Amirati, which was an independent, creatively driven agency at the time that I joined it. But about six months later, it was bought by Lintus and became Amirati Pierce Lintus. And I stayed there for several years, also in New York, uh, really, you know, uh, deepened my experience on CPG and then moved back to the West Coast uh, and joined Focona and Belding. Uh, I was a boomerang. at. Uh, I've been at Focona and Belding twice as well as uh, BSSP twice. Uh, and somewhere in the middle, I went uh, rogue and deep into digital and uh, spent a uh, little over three years running account management at Digitas.
0: Okay, so uh, let's talk about a couple of those. Amorati was a kind of a pretty, uh, many people won't even recognize that name, but people who are our generation and older will. Was a pretty famous New York shop, right?
1: Yes. Yes, and why it,
0: was it why was it famous? It was a, it had a cr- strong creative culture.
1: It had an extremely strong creative culture. It was also founders' culture, uh, Martin uh, Ralph Amuradi and Martin Puris, uh, and it was also a culture of uh, high high intellectual ability. Uh, so really like the most creative people and the smartest people in the industry were going there. Uh, and you know, the, our, the, our mantra was, uh, uh, great creative, brilliantly executed. Um, and it was as simple as that.
0: And what kind of clients were were you working on there? Uh,
1: I was, uh, so it's funny. I joined their, um, to work on a uh, a client Hillshar farm which was a tiny you know a tiny little CPB, CPG that had been one on the amirati side and we were doing some um some fun work very very similar to like the foster farms uh famous work that i think are, is probably more modern day that everyone w- will remember uh, and then very shortly after, as I said, uh, Lintus bought them and I expanded into working on, um, the Unilever brands, all detergent specifically, uh, and gain. And then, uh, also on, uh, beers. So, uh, relaunched Rolling Rock, relaunched Dos Equis, and uh, Brow, uh, so several beer brands. So,
0: um, and then how how would you describe FCB when you when you joined them was that was that San Francisco you went to?
1: It was FCB San Francisco um and FCB so at the time that I joined FCB it was also uh, granted, granite um you know I think it was starting to hit some troubled times but it was it was certainly still within the ring of its heyday of great creativity and I think that's you know, that's, uh, has been also more recently restored um, with uh, Kara Nonsinger Bir- Birch running uh, the agency or running that office. Um, but, uh, so that was, a, that was a very similar culture to Amarati in terms of uh, creatively centric, very renegade, um, go bold or go home. Uh, it was, and it was a great, fun, tight culture as well. Um, and there, you know, it was certainly agency famous for, you know, it's Levi's work. I was working on Dockers, uh, and also another, another old and now defunct brand, but, uh, the launch of, uh, Microsoft's ultimate TV, which was the rival to TiVo.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Someone should, uh, resurrect all those, uh, buried, uh, tech tech brands somehow like in a hall of shame.
1: Yeah. Well, and and I think resurrect some of the great storytelling that was being done back then around uh, some of those brands that that has been a bit lost these yeah.
0: days. So um, was Chuck McBride at FCB when you were there?
1: No, he had already left.
0: Gone to set up his own thing. But you yeah. still had the the Levi's business, the Dockers business.
1: We had the Dockers part, and we did not yeah. have the Levi's part. But then when I boomeranged back to FCB was uh during it was when we won it back right
0: so how'd you get a call from bssp and did you even know who they were when they called you
1: um i i did i definitely knew who bssp was uh at the time i mean you know with the creative reputation uh, was clear, uh, not just in the region, but, but nationally, it it, it had been building and, you know, certainly at the time, it was a reputation that was more regional, but the national reputation was beginning to build. Um, and, you know, I, I, uh, you know, met, met you all. And I, I still remember so distinctly how excited I was to join an independent culture because of the, the sort of automatic tightness that comes with being independent. Um, and, you know, you sort of immediately feel more in it together. Uh, and at the time we are driving to, uh, to Oregon to see Ron, my husband's, he wasn't my husband yet, but to see his, um, to uh, visit his parents. And I was waiting for the offer to come in. And I remember that entire drive so distinctly because I, uh, I got the call from Greg Stern. I got the offer. I was super excited. I got to spend the rest of the sort of six-hour drive um, imagining what it was gonna be like to leave the holding company world and join this family, this independent family, and, and grow it.
0: So then, then, then the rubber hit the road. <laughs> and and uh, the reality, reality, the dream became the reality. So you you entered you entered into a culture like no other that you'd ever experienced. How would how would you summarize it in a few short words? What you what you experienced when you first went there?
1: I mean, I would say uh, uh, this is an overused word, but it's still the right words. Uh, Scrappy, Uh, you know, just uh, the 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 conversations and and the way we went about getting work done was different because we were all right there and in it together. And our values were more closely aligned because when you're, when you're um, you're smaller and you're tighter, you wind up having very similar values about the work. Uh, And so I felt like it was more efficient um, to get to great creative uh, and also just uh, more fun because you, uh, you were able to build those relationships more deeply. You have less resources. That certainly sucks sometimes. (laughs) Um, but it was just, it was just such a tightness that, um, that really I think is exponential in terms of what it yields.
0: So Digitas must've been another shock because that seems very, very different to, Anything else you'd been working in? What did you you get out of that?
1: Um, I think Digitas was probably the the biggest change point in my career and the biggest transition for me personally um, because I uh, not only did I join an organization um, that was culturally very different. It also, the services were very different and I joined it in a leadership position. So, you know, the the day you walk in the door as a leader, you're expected to, you know, really hold your own. And I, what I was bringing in was, um, uh, you know, the value I was bringing to the table was my leadership skills and was my brand strategy and brand building skills. Um, I think in the end, I spent three years getting more out of, out of them in terms of learning so many different services and so many different aspects of mar- the marketing levers that we have, then I think they necessarily got out of me uh, because brand building was a was uh, less frequent in conversation.
0: So, so you've been at agencies where creative storytelling had been a key, pivotal part of what the offering was. And Digitas, I mean, they may have done some TV commercials. I'm not really sure, but I'm not really, don't really think that they're they're known for their TV output. Yeah, I'm sure sure they're begging clients to do Super Bowl commercials. But um, what did you, what did you take? What did what was it? Was there a sort of a yin and yang moment? Like, okay, there's this stuff. There's the creative storytelling piece and then there's the stuff that Digitas does and both both have value. Did did you kind of come to that conclusion or am I building that conclusion for you?
1: No, I I mean, I think I believe more than ever in that conclusion through that experience. And I wouldn't say that there that that internally um, Digitas doesn't believe in that. Um, I think I think what's really interesting. There's such an interesting lesson to me learned in um, in the the depth of perception that you build as an agency uh, becomes the self fulfilling prophecy and the driver of what clients want out of you and expect out of you. So it often was more that we um, we we were not either get you know get getting the the, um, invitations to come to the table about the importance of brand strategy, um, brand building, uh, the brand idea to base, you know, the brand experience, if you will, to, to guide everything that you do. Um, you know, I think maybe we were, we were not getting in, you know, enough of those invitations to the table, um, or they, it was just simply not what clients were coming to us for. They already had another agency to do that. You know, I think that, I think, you know, that like any big agency, there's talent, uh, you know, in different pockets that can, that can help with that. But it just was not the reputation of the agency.
0: So um, 15 years away from BSSP, you got a Phone call. <laughs> What's the phone call? Hi, it's your long lost buddy, Greg Stern.
1: Well, you know this is, uh, you know, this is the value of, of long term relationships in the business. Greg and I, uh, as much like you and I have, you know, have and 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 John Butler and I have always kept in touch over time. We've always swapped stories. We've swapped learnings, um, and we've you know we've kept a pulse on each other. Um, so it wasn't the call out of the blue, but it was the conversation out of the blue. Uh, I at the time was uh, was wanting to, um, to 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 really find in uh, my next level of leadership, uh, and I was looking at another opportunity that was uh, a fantastic opportunity. And I think what was happening um, internally at BSSP was. Uh, there, um, there was just some cultural, uh, uh, I think, uh, dis- misfits happening, uh, if you will, and that the you know the cultural misfit misfits in leadership um, was actually having some impact on. You know, you go back to my you know how I talked about what it was like to first join BSSP, and I think the importance of uh, common values about the work and and common values about how we treat each other um, is, is not only more evident in independent agencies, but even more important because we're smaller and we, work, we see each other more often, we work together more often, we're not part of a big cog um, and process. Um, and I think that had started to fail us as BSSP, so it was time to make some changes. Uh, cause, cause things were, you know, some of the, some of the seams were starting to feel the pressure of that. And it was, uh, it was a, it was a very fast, mm, call it four day decision. Uh, we had some, uh, intense conversations and then we hit the go button. Um, and the other part that came, uh, with me joining was also, um, a return of, um, one of our creative leaders, uh, uh, Nicole McDonough, who also was with me at BSP, BSSP the first time around, so it also brought in you know some uh, some additional fresh creative thinking. We already had great creative in house, um, but it was a, another fresh perspective.
0: Yeah, I mean, what you what you're really talking about is the, is culture, right?
1: Yeah, it's all culture. It's all culture based. it it, it is, and I feel like we've learned that so much more now in quarantine because culture is what allows us to stay working remotely you know, successfully and productively. It's the glue that holds us all together when we're not actually together.
0: Yeah. You've ruined, you've ruined the uh, highlight of the story. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Um, Spoiler alert. So, we were gonna. I was gonna go through a timeline of you getting the job offer. You then working out some kind of uh, time time before you started. So we, we we've got to go back through a calendar. You get the job offer. You take four days to make a decision. And then what happens?
1: Uh- <laughs> I so I joined on. Well, actually, it was, it was sort of a funny combination. I, I had an opportunity to um, in between jobs to go on uh, the first cruise I have ever been on. <laughs> so I am, you know, you know, docking off the end. So of Floating as, as as globally and Three days later, I joined BSSP on March 2nd. I probably should have been quarantined at the time, but thankfully I did not have, I never caught anything, Um, nor did I know that I should have been quarantined at the time. Um, And then, so March 2nd was my first day. uh, And I addressed, you know, the whole agency started to get to know each other and literally seven days later, seven working days later, was forced to shut the agency down. And honestly, I, you know, Look, I wouldn't say we were the first to clo- to shut down. We certainly were not the last to shut down. Um, and I had some resistance about shutting down because, but it was innocent resistance, right? I didn't know how bad this was going to get. And I was seven days into a new leadership role.
0: Yeah. So, so what could you do in seven days while you were, while you were there, you could, you could make your presence felt. You could, you could tell people what, you were thinking, I guess, is that what Well,
1: oh, I couldn't even, I couldn't even quite tell people what I was thinking. I, what, I think what was, um, one of the funny moments, uh, uh starting at BSSP. So, as I said, you know, I had in my head this culture, um, from, you know, 10 plus years ago, And I, you know, I certainly knew that there had been some, some rub going on internally that there was some culture clashing that was, you know, that was starting to show at the seams. Um, but what I didn't realize, you know, I, my, the first day that I addressed the agency, I talked about, um, I talked about all of the reasons that I had come back to BSSP, which were all those cultural things in my head from the first time around. Um, and I talked about it as this is why we're all here, not realizing that some people had lost that sense of culture. Um and that it needed to they be never knew what back.
0: it was. They never knew what it was. They never experienced yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, not realizing that it had to be brought back. So I you know, I think I think, you know, I, I won some good points there because I did say culture is important, right? That's where I started. And so at least people understood that I, you know, I valued the same things they valued. Um, and then I was able to get through, uh, you know, because one of my very first goals was to start meeting, uh, a number of people at all levels and across all departments. So in seven days, I got a little bit of that in, uh, and, you know, as you know, as a small agency, well at all agencies, but as a small agency word travels fast. So I probably got some, some, um uh, you know i won some points quickly and then i continued on the journey of um talking to uh, individuals virtually uh you know i i completed that Uh, i didn't let that go when we went into quarantine i stayed committed to that because it was even more important being in quarantine
0: had you did you manage to talk to every client before you shut the office
1: Mm, that was, and that, and that still remains one of my, mo, one of my more frustrating, uh, personally frustrating aspects. I was able to connect with some clients. Yeah. Um, but, but no, that really got, that really got side railed, uh, in, because, you know, it, their business was getting, was under fire and they had to rapidly adjust and figure out how were they gonna keep, you know, keep business moving as they were uh, going going into quarantine and also think about what's ahead. Uh, and they have so many more aspects to think about than even we do in in, in the agency business, right? We're one component about it. They have, um, you know, they have distribution to worry about. They have supply and demand to worry about. Um, and so, I had to put, and, and I grew up in account management, so client relationships are the number one number one thing for me to build and, and nurture so that I understand where their heads are at with their business and what, where they wanna go and how I can help them get there. I had to put a lot of that on hold and I'm still digging out of that slowly. Um, I've had to use more of the time to, to focus inward, so that's a benefit but I think less of the time than I than I ideally wanted in, in getting deep in client business.
0: How, how long would you say it it took the agency to get comfortable working virtually?
1: I'm pausing because the word comfortable, uh, probably has well, a it became, of they
0: became more normal so it became people people knew the protocols they they knew how to do a presentation on zoom they you know you, you know they, they they were they were I wouldn't say no one's comfortable nobody necessarily believes this is a better alternative to having an office but the reality is you kind of have to work within the the this currently defined space
1: yeah and I think I I think my pause was more that so I, I think in terms of operationally, we, were, we got comfortable fast, I mean impressively fast. Uh, I, uh, I think, you know, when you talk about productivity, sure, I, think, I don't think our productivity went down at all. If anything, it went up in terms of measured by pure output. But if you measure it by the amount of effort to get to that output, I think that it was less efficient, certainly, and people people got you know got tired quickly, got exhausted more quickly, uh, and and then we put some mechanisms in place to try to help with that. We we declared you know a, a you know a new day off uh, for the entire agency that we'd never had before, and we went to our clients and said, "Look, this is just a this is just a day off uh, to to rejuvenate." That we are honoring for our employees and you're going to you're actually going to get more out of them if you just if if you help support this um, where I think the sort of quote unquote comfort um, uh, Has is still unfolding and is still not comfortable is Is as we begin to hit as any agency and any team does when we have um, when we hit uh, some tough spots or when something doesn't go quite as the way that we wanted it to go. Um, What I have noticed more lately is that we were very lucky for the first three months of this quarantine and we were very operational and focus. Um, But as we hit the tough points, and certainly with me being new and somebody like Nicole being new, then you get into, you know, you get into, more of those conversations that um you know where you're trying to 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 diagnose what went wrong you're trying to get better uh, going forward you're you know you're you have a, you're applying a continuous improvement mindset, but you don't yet have the deep relationships um to to have those conversations more easily more or more direct and you're trying to do them over zoom yeah
0: so um just in terms of of management um how do you how do you manage on zoom you know is is it there's a lot of talk of like oh zoom killed the boss you know because the quintessential boss is someone who walks around making sure that you're doing your job yeah and 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 now you if you do if you just if you don't if you can't do your job you don't really have a job and um you know the there is no boss walking around um and so you have to be responsible as an individual uh in an organization and and you have to be competent and that's, that's the expectation um so in terms of leadership how do you lead on zoom
1: that's yeah, a great question. So, uh, funny, I uh, the first reaction I had was that is um that's not my definition of being a boss. Uh my definition of being a boss is uh, uh if I have if I have to walk around and make sure people are doing their jobs and I have uh, you know, I don't have the right talent. Um you know, I think the, the 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 definition of being a leader is sort of I mean this is kind of basic, but really You know, setting the vision and I don't mean it that always means big, broad vision, it could mean very specific, specific vision to something to a specific project or to something that we want to do as an agency, but setting the vision. Having a discussion with um, with the people that are going to work with you to get to that vision understanding if they have any barriers or questions to get there helping remove those barriers for them and letting them go do it and get there. And you can do that in a lot of different models. You can do that over zoom for sure um and i you know I think where where maybe some frustration and inefficiency comes in and i you know and and where i get uh, where I get anxious and uncomfortable, and maybe this gets back to your like you can't walk around and see is I just can't see the progress, and that was always a joy for me right like that was always i'm I am very wired to like tackle and progress and get things done and move to the next thing. And, and I can't see that being done. I, I have to, I have to, I have to trust even more that it's getting done and see it at milestones. I don't get the joy of seeing it in action.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've been looking at, looking at some recent research that's, that it's, um, been done in the UK, but it's a global piece of research about how people are responding in agencies, particularly strategists. And strategists are really seem to be quite concerned right now that there's a lot of knee-jerk asking for a response, asking for an answer immediately. And the client's wanting to be seen as doing something very short-term because they want to be seen as doing something. And some of the long-term, deeper thinking is just not something you can do on Zoom and isn't something that is really happening necessarily.
1: Yeah, that's fair. That is, that is definitely, well, it's fair in the, in the sense that it is not happening in a cross collaborative way, which does get to the best deeper thinking, right? Cause you're bringing different perspectives together. Uh, so I de- I do think that that's very fair. And I do think that there is a, uh, you know, it's hard to separate the signal from the noise in terms of, um, you know, so many layers of crises it creating emotional reactions in us and our clients and separating that from also just the poor tools, you know, how poor is the tool that we're using in getting better ahead of that, i.e. Zoom, um, but that is, an, you're right, that is another, another component that is happening is that there's this rapid reaction pace And you also don't, quote, see that happening. So you can't necessarily get in there and course correct and say, wait a minute, how about we take a breath for a minute? Is this the right point for us to weigh in? If we weigh in now, what does that mean down the line? Um, Both in terms of where are we taking our messaging? Because you can't just raise a hand really quickly and then stop talking. Um, So both in terms of where are we taking our messaging with this, where are we going with this, but also how are we spending our money on this? Brands have fixed dollars, and they have even more fixed dollars now because their businesses have taken a hit. So if we're gonna weigh in now, are we sacrificing something down the line that we may really, really need from a financial, you know, or an investment standpoint? And that is very difficult to do uh, in a virtual world because, again, you can't see it happening to be able to interject in, in Course Cracked.
0: You know, one, one thing that, 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 seems, that seems obvious is the people who really want to collaborate, I mean, especially creative teams, I, I wonder how they do it.
1: Oh, mean, and there's, yeah, there's some struggle there. I'll, I'll tell you what I've what I you know I've talked to uh, you know I've, uh, I I check in with our creatives and have had several one on one conversations and I think um, you know the pattern that I hear is uh, is really again it goes back to um, chemistry uh, uh, shared values of the work and I think that the teams that you know either built a chemistry quickly if they had come together more recently or have long had a chemistry um and they have similar ways of looking at the work are doing better um but by no means uh is is it a uh nourishing way of creative development it is a burdensome way i would say of creative development yep
0: so, um, just as just as we thought one, we were dealing and coping with one challenge, um, another reality struck us with the murder of George Floyd and then the subsequent discussions around race, that have a lot have been very firmly directed at agencies. Yeah. Um, so you, you had, you are still dealing with one major issue that it is both health related and economic, and then you have a societal, cultural and economic issue. Yeah. Um, so how, when did that arise and how is, how is managing and leading that been?
1: Yeah, that, um, that that was uh, it, uh i mean it does feel like uh before you can even wrap your head around one crisis there's a there's a wave cascading over you of another one and 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 quite literally you cannot take your eye off the ball of any of them right there, there is no such thing as Completely pivoting your focus um, to any one of them, because right now everything that we're everything that you just named, um, you know, comes it, it boils down to you know us as a business, you know, making sure that we are servicing our clients well and that our business stays um, stays stable and that we still uh, we still try to grow within this uh, w- within this environment. And we cannot have our employees get sick or um, have their mental health uh, you know I- I- incredibly um, impacted right we've got to support them from a mental health standpoint um, and then just basic and fundamental uh, uh, you know fundamentally looking at ourselves and saying um, we, uh, who are we as an agency, and we and realizing we haven't we have not um, lived up to um, really the goals that an entire society needs to live up to, and how and realizing how that's impacted um, some of our employees. So every single one of those is like mission critical. So you like I I I don't know. I'm pretty sure there's never been another time where you have three massive mission critical priorities happening all at one time
0: so, so, so after- if, you go, if you come back if you come back to the beginning of March and, and greg had said want um, to offer you the job uh, during the, your first month first three months you're going to face a major pandemic global health crisis um, with economic severe economic implications. And, uh, and by the way, we're also going to, there's going to be a, a societal, huge societal cultural cultural uh, challenge. What would you, what do you say? Yeah, bring it on. <laughs> bring it on. And and and, and you're not going to be able to go to the office to, to sort any of this out.
1: Do, now, uh, I would like to say that I, at the time I would have said, bring it on. Um, you know, I don't know. Uh, I, I, but I, if I, if I knew then what I know now, I would have said, "Bring it on." I mean, this is uh, this is certainly character building. Um, I think. Well, they basically-
0: say they say time is both both collab- either collapsing or accelerating. So you have you are basically a five year uh, veteran now. Yeah. A veteran agency CEO. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I, you know, these are I'm having I'm having to navigate. Um, You know, we talk about in our industry and in marketing in general, um, and, you know, in in the client service business, you know, the importance of uh, being comfortable and the uncomfortable. We talk about it as it relates to marketing progress and digital disruption, um, but we talk about it, right? Being uncomfortable with the, being comfortable with the uncomfortable, living in the ambiguity, living in the gray but being able to to make it take take shape and form and i think i think what we're navigating now as leaders on a human level is um is is really working those muscles like how you navigate uncomfortable conversations how you navigate the balance of um human need and commercial need uh it, they these are difficult conversations. I don't even know if there's any formulas to them. I mean, I know we all try to ladder it up to key principles, but I I also sort of look at every conversation as like this is a fresh new conversation that I have to navigate.
0: Yeah, I mean, I go back to, you know, I think we had a conversation about this before, but 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 also we we just sort of mentioned it is there's a there's a because emotions are running so high. Um, and people are emotional um, there is a temptation to act without thinking things through and I wonder if if you know some of these issues do need deeper thought versus the desire to react simply react without thinking more comprehensively.
1: Uh, yes, I think I think most of them need at least a pause and a breath, uh, You know, and then of course within that there are some that need greater uh, Discipline and methodical approach and understanding uh, But I think we could all use uh, a little bit of a, a reminder to take a breath um, before uh, responding or reacting or demanding uh, and I think we could all use a little bit of um, you know a dose of critical thinking on this one as well uh, I think in general we you know as, as I think as a culture we are and this this does this is born out of digital and social we are long on voices and and demands and and anger were very short on patience and commitment and these things are not i mean if anything what we've proven is these things uh, uh have been slow to progress too slow to progress for sure um but they do take time and commitment and they aren't they aren't solved in headlines and they're not solved in um in you know plan declarations and they're not solved in hiring one particular person whose job is to make sure that we are a more diverse organization it it is another it it has to be cultural it is a cultural shift
0: yeah It's right. Like anything, it has to. It has to tie back to your values and your culture and what you believe in. Um, just going to flip the question, flip flip it a little bit, because in a in a way, kind of go back to Amorati, go back to creativity, go back to the DNA of BSSP. Creativity is at the core of BSSP, and it's never been more diminished. Creativity, it's, yeah. a, it's rarely talked about um and there's a sort of there's a sort of sense of it's becoming a sort of old school thing oh yeah the guys who used to work in the business in the day used to talk about the days of great creativity but how 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 would a creative resurgence you know start um seems like there needs to be one
1: there definitely needs to be one and i i think you know what we have to get beyond so i uh, you know i think there's a parallel here in this desire for immediacy uh and you know a, a silver bullet answer uh that's going to you know solve everything make me look good allow me to check the box uh and say i accomplished that one thing and i you know i i just think as as a as a culture as a industry and as humans we need to get back to hard work and uh and we need to get back to what does it really mean to um take risks do things differently uh and and learn along the way these are all things we talk about but i don't think we're really doing them that much um and I think you know, if you look at at creativity in our industry, it, I, I think it's it's suffering under it's suffering under the need for immediacy, the the need for immediate headlines on um, its effects and its value. Uh, and it's uh, it's suffering under the uh, the lack of commitment, I think to 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 really dig in and sort through what is it we truly are accomplishing but what is it we're really not accomplishing right we only focus on those those data points on look what we're accomplishing but we don't really talk about um you know i'll give you an example and i won't use you know i'll I'll make it a blind example but you know if we are if we're if we're seeing conversion and acquisition um at the bottom of the funnel, we only focus there, and we think, "Oh, great, we're hitting our we're hitting our goals." Um, and yet, we're, you know, uh, and I this is this is a a, a recent brand ex- a, a example of something that I you know a client that I have worked with. And yet, behind the scenes, um, there is not stable growth happening at all. It's declining, which means those folks are jump jumping in. They're trying it. Because there was an incentive or there was a moment at which you caught them but they jump right back out again so the the longevity of building your business and your client relationships has been lost that is one part storytelling that's one part understanding product Uh, and customer experience, that's one part, understanding user experience, right? All of those things are coming together, uh, brand experience, user experience, and customer experience, Um, and I I think, but I think we focus too much on just short-term data points and not enough on the relationship and the bigger, harder work that needs to be studied and done around it.
0: Yeah, I I think we've forgotten about brands. I, I think we've completely forgotten about the value of a brand it's just become a word and we don't really understand what it is, how powerful it is and how important it is because you can't build a brand with short term efforts at best. You get a short term sales spike, but you don't build a brand in the short term. You build a brand over, over time with consistent effort, with consistent work, um, with a real understanding of what your brand's bringing to market and a real understanding of who you're talking to. And uh, unfortunately, I think the tools have kind of become disconnected. We've now got these tools where we can measure things short term. We can t- we can fine tune and target audiences short term and we can believe we're achieving success. But actually, if you look under the hood and you look at the health of the brand, you're really not doing anything.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I think I, I, I would expand on that and say that the Definition of brand or brand building and 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 the tools that you use to get there have expanded right it's not just about your advertising anymore. I mean, I think, in fact, I think quarantine and covid has has actually exposed um, how much marketing and business strategy are interconnected now. uh, In the success of your business. Uh, which is why I expand brand uh, and brand building beyond just an advertising perspective into what it feels like to shop with you or what it feels like when I have a problem and I need to call or, or chat online with um, customer service. That is, that is really, I guess, you know, the sort of new frontier of brand uh, and the importance of brand and brand building now that it wasn't when I first, you know, started in the business.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's the, the, the totality of the experience that the brand provides, yeah. but ultimately, you know, the best brands, that is a very well integrated and well-defined the piece of advertising that you see doesn't disconnect from the voice you hear at the end of the phone or the web experience on the web. There is just an, there's an incredible degree of consistency and, you know, something that, bssp achieved with mini you know when mini when mini did anything you knew it came from Mini. it didn't confuse it with any other brand yeah and um to me that's still that that, that centralized discipline of of brand voice of brand positioning you know is 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 still is still fundamental and important um and i think to some extent the, the there's been a of uh there's been a cheapening of a brand because anyone can be a brand, and as you know, thousands of brands have been created just for Instagram alone. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, you've sort of got the wonkiness um, where purpose has been pushed to such a ridiculous point, like WeWork, um, that uh, or um, Casper saying we want to be the Nike of sleep that you know you've got the left brain clients going, oh, I don't want anything to do with that. Give me get me get me back to the security of numbers in an Excel spreadsheet, because that stuff's way too woolly. I just don't know how to I don't know how to explain myself around it. And I think that comes to and it comes back to analytics as well, because we we don't we don't necessarily value our measurements equally. To me, the value of, of tracking and measuring a brand has more value than, than than tracking your likes or or your or your web traffic. But well web traffic places a will place a premium on it because we can get it quickly. Yeah. And, and and that that gets done ahead of guys, we need 20 grand to invest in a brand tracking state. No, I can't do it. Can't afford it.
1: Yeah. And it's a balance. I mean, uh, I, I am, I, I have always been a believer in brand purpose, even through the, the the times where it seemed off trend, because to me, it just seems so logical. If you don't, if you don't have a North star, it, it's, it's not there to negate uh, measuring what is happening in micro increments right and what you know because we that's that's incredibly important and it's always it always has been important uh in marketing to understand uh you know and and granted our tools have allowed us now to understand this almost to a daily basis but you know it, it was always at least understood even you know in in the old times if you will on a monthly basis right you have to keep a pulse on how your business is actually and your sales are actually performing but to do that without a north star um, has never made sense to me because then it t- it tells you it's just a shortcut to tell you how to act uh, as you react to things that are going right or things that are going wrong, um, and it also um, it also makes those um, those low those lower funnel efforts, if you will. Um, I mean, it's been proven over and over again that it makes them more effective and efficient. It's, I, I, always, I, like, I often use the analogy that if you were going to walk down a street and you wanted to get a date, um, I think you would have a better chance walking down that street as some, you know, walking down a street where people know you and, uh, and asking, you know, hey, you want to go on a date? Uh, than then just you know, dropping into the middle of an urban center and walking down the street and saying, hey, you wanna go on a date? Like most people are gonna look at you like, why? Why do I wanna go out on a date with you? Or sure, I'll try one date, but then I'm out because uh, you, you didn't wind up being who I thought you were, right, like it's a way of filtering in um, and finding some common values in your audience and then having, um, having your offers and your dating uh, capitalize on that
0: yep makes sense I will switch back to um a lot of clients kind of I'm sure they see the world in a quite uh, agency world in quite a simplistic way they go well like I go with a big agency and I'm going to get a bunch of services but I might be a small fish in a big pond or I could go with a, a creative shop and there I'm not going to get any rigor I'm gonna get a bunch of turtleneck guys and Wolby Parker glasses, telling me how arty uh, this idea is and stuff. And um, so is there such a is there such a thing as like a creative shop who understands business or has at least the um, the 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 intent and the discipline to um, want to improve a client's business versus building their own. Awards reel.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I, I mean, look. I think. It, I think it, it, you know, it's true of all agencies, independent or, or you know, large global holding company. They, we, you know, each has their, their own culture and pr- approach to servicing clients, to to their to their business model, um, and some are more purely creative. And some uh, are are you know heavy heavy strategy. Some are heavy account management, and some you know apply, strike a balance of um, you know being business partners, and then serving uh, what they can of those solutions um, from a creative perspective. Right? You know, independent agencies maybe you know, many of them are smaller and don't have the same breadth of capabilities um that large global agencies do Uh, but it doesn't mean that we can't be the same kind of business partner and you know one of the things that we do at bssp is we 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 set that aside we don't think through the lens of what our what our services are we think through the lens of what uh how can we help our clients business grow not just right now but in the future what do we need to be seen out ahead or seen around the corner on and um, there are things that are in our sweet spot that are important that we are very good at, and and, and or or our pers- you know or because of what we're good at, we bring a certain perspective to the table. But we also have partners that we know are good at other things we're not good at, and we can bring them forward. And you know, I think that's one of the things that I have really enjoyed um, going back into the world of independence is that. Um, First of all, I think what you see is what you get. Uh, in working with us, you know, we're not uh, we're not pulling from, we're not pulling uh, people or cases or uh, you know uh, headlines from other offices where the immediate team ha- hasn't even worked on it, right? The people that are having these business conversations with you are the people you're going to work with every day. Um, and secondly, I think it does give us the freedom to truly look at a client's business and say what's needed because we don't have to sell, um, you know, we don't have our quotas, if you will, of what to sell uh, within the services across the, the, the global agency spectrum. We can purely look at what do we think you need um, and now and in the future and, and, and introduce you to some partners can help with that and, and just be both, be both a, uh, your agency when it comes to stewarding your brand and your brand experiences and your guide when it comes to, um, to transforming your business, uh, and, 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 and future-proofing your business really. Uh, so I think, we have a lot more flexibility to do that.
0: It seems like, it seems like now, um, clients really need partners more than ever. Yeah. Um, yes. any, and, any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, my thought on that is I I, I think, well, I, I, most of us in the agency business have always seen ourselves as partners. I think that there's, a I think that there's a call for change on the client side to get back to seeing us as partners. So certainly there are great clients out there that, that have always thought that. But you know, there's a fair amount of clients out there that, that don't necessarily think of uh, think of that about us anymore. And you know, it kind of comes down you see it in in moments like um you know, a, a, a negotiation. Right. And uh, and, you know, how we build value and scope and um, and and fair fee together and, uh, you know, not building it based on um, specific time and materials, but basing it on value and uh, basing it on what we are going to do uh, for your business and how important is that uh, To your business. And then you get beyond these moments of, you know, crisis where you're, you're going all in and, and dedicating resources to, you know, to cancel out a media and such. And, um, you know, and you're doing it at a loss because that's certainly not where you're making commissions. Um, and, but that doesn't become a pain point, right? Because that's what partnership does. And you are being fairly treated and fairly compensated for being a partner that brings value to the business, not specific FTEs, time and materials.
0: Okay, looking looking out if you can beyond the next day, because I we're only taking one day at a time. Um, what do you what do you think it's imp, what do you think it's important for clients to be thinking about right now?
1: Ah. Uh, Boy, I think that that, I, I actually think that that probably varies by client, by brand, by category. Uh, I think you definitely, I think I will say the one thing I and, uh, that I believe is universally true is that you should have a brand purpose. Uh, because I, again, I just think it's an organizing principle and a guide um, on who you are and how you act in the best of times and in the worst of times. Um, and I, uh, you know, I think that there are brands that are feeling the, uh, the absence of that, um, in these tough times. Um, I do think that you need to put a lens on, uh, what are in any individual category, what are your consumers going through and what might they expect different from you in the future as a result. Um, And then I think three, and I'm going to borrow some language from, um, from a, 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 a a former colleague of mine, but uh, you know, the unthinkable has just happened. So be ready to, to, uh, you know, what is the unthinkable that you're going to do about it? Right. So think, you know, and that's sort of just a think different um headline. But I would say those are the three, the three principles. That's and think about it too. I mean, that second one, you know, I'll give you an example. But you know, Blue Shield is one of our clients, very purpose-driven client, who also really, you know, very much um lives its values. And, you know, one of the one of the challenging questions that we are we are considering is what are people gonna expect from their um, you know insurance health insurance provider in the future like are you are, is my expectation that you are my early warning system and my protection my protection not just an insurance policy that pays when I when I need uh, services but you are actually there to protect me to help me avoid it um you know that's a bigger idea and a bigger and and you and and the kinds of things that you would do underneath that will be a little bit different.
0: Cool. Thank you for your time. Good stuff.
1: Thank you. It's always great to chat with you, Ed.
0: Well, I enjoyed it, and I will uh, let you know when when we when we publish and go live. Thank you.
1: Have are a good, good day.
0: This is your host, Ed Cotton. Thank you so much for listening to Inspiring Futures. Until next time.